welcome to episode 190 of Respawning Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast in the age of Cyberpunk 2077 from affable idiots. I'm age. I didn't say AIDS, Chad. I said age. The age of Cyberpunk 2077. (laughs) I'm Holden DePardo, and I am here with... Chad Michael Carrot. (laughs) (laughs) Your name is Carrot now, and we've got the dreamiest fan base of all time joining us from all over the world right now. You can find us on Twitch, where we are right now, kind of, unless you listen to us later on. <laughs> but right now we're on Twitch, on Twitch, Sunday nights at... Yeah, let's not on Twitch. Uh, Sunday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and then YouTube and podcast services Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, which you are listening to right now. <laughs> Up- <laughs> Coming up, we are talking about the Game Awards winners and announcements, the Halo Infinite update that we got, uh, just how Nintendo, or, you know, I wrote jerks, how Nintendo were assholes, and finally, some great news for PS5, but before that, like I said, this is the age of Cyberpunk, and we're going to talk about how great Cyberpunk's launch has gone so far. They've sold 8 million copies before launch, so 8 million pre-orders, that's amazing. One that million insane, players. It is really insane, yeah. Like that's one that's million star level stuff. Yeah, yeah, and oh, we'll we'll come to that too. We'll come to that because it, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Um, hits it hit over one million concurrent players on stream in less than twelve hours, and which we call it. Um, The Witcher only got ninety thousand, so getting a million uh, a million concurrent players is crazy. So Witcher three did. Which is a really popular game. Anyway, um, Cyberpunk 2077 sales have already covered its costs. But, okay, it's not all good. It's not all good. Because Cyberpunk is looking rough on PS4 and Xbox One at the moment. says Ethan Gatch, uh, Kotaku. It's also looking rough on PC, depending <laughs> on your specs. It's also looking rough on next-gen consoles. It's looking rough pretty much everywhere. But the, the last-generation consoles are particularly bad. Like, really bad. Not only has Ethan Gatch from Kotaku uh, experienced frame rate drops, UI and texture pop in, and an overall layer of fuzzy lighting and jagged reflections, end quote, but he also can't update the game to the more recent version to get rid of all of those issues. That's a, Even that's a meta the game, bug right there. <laughs> yeah, like, that It's not is. just a bug in the game, but the game itself is bugged. <laughs> <laughs> even re-downloading the game still gives him the pre-patched version of cyberpunk which is probably more of an issue with this console than cyberpunk at that point but it's like a really terrible bug to have alongside everything else um because of all of this kind of bad news around uh just the lead up to the launch and kind of some questionable reviews in terms of calling out the bugs and that kind of stuff um the stock dropped 29 percent which, uh, for sorry, Cedar Project Red stock dropped twenty nine percent, and then the kind of silver lining to this is that Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven developer bonus scheme has changed after the launch woes, and this is basically because of all the bad press. They're going to give Cedar Project Red is going to give all the employees their bonuses anyway, whereas before the bonuses would have been tied to the Metacritic score and releasing at a certain within a certain time frame. So they're just getting the bonuses regardless. So there's good things and bad things that have happened this week, but let's be honest, the the press around this launch has been very abysmal. There, Carrot, you've been on the other side having not played it. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Carrot? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, oh that's right, I'm Carrot. <laughs> I was so thrown off. Is this what it's like to be on the other side of me talking? <laughs> 
<laughs> Sometimes, yeah. How do you follow anything I say? Um, challenges are fun. I completely lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, um, la- where launch, and, where are okay. you falling? This yeah, has been launched because you haven't played it, but it's on the other side. It's there's interesting stuff nonetheless. Yeah, this has been one of my favorite weeks in video games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing Cyberpunk 2077 because uh, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I realize I don't like open world games for a variety of reasons. Uh, so I'm not playing Cyberpunk 2077 because it seems like open world the game. Um, yeah, but definitely. I am glad to see that the game itself if in a hypothetical world that we're playing flawlessly, is really, really good. That makes Mm me um, feel less guilty when I take so much pleasure in Googling all the biggest bugs in Cyberpunk. (laughs) Like, it is literally, every single time I'm in my news app and I'm just scrolling through, anytime there's, like, a screenshot from Cyberpunk where it says, the funniest things is, like, immediately, before I'm done reading the headline, I click on it. It's like, let me read all of these and go through all these tweets. (laughs) Uh, they I, are some of the craziest bugs I've ever seen. It's insane. Like, insane. Like some of they range from like really small things, like on PS4 versions. Actually, uh, apparently across all versions, there are really, really slow texture load-ins to the point where like character mm-hmm. models look like colored versions of the super hot guys, just like crystal polygon <laughs> people, and they look disgusting. Like PS1 One level of- co- character models. Yeah. Literally PS1, I was actually thinking one of them, I think it's like loading in a character named um, Sergeant Santiago or Officer Santiago, and when he loads in, he before he loads in, he looks like Solid Snake from PlayStation 1. Like, literally looks just like Solid Snake. It's really bad. That's on PS4, though. Uh, so that's been really great. Seeing all of the the AI for, like, uh, there's one where there's a, there's a string of cars, there's a, there's a guy on a corner, and every single car that drives by him rams into a cement barrier and then yells at him. <laughs> every single car, just because the AI is broken and, and is running into shit. Um, cars flipping, people being com- in T-pos, clipping in and out of cars, audio completely overlapping other audio, like people riding motorcycles and then the motorcycle flies away and then they are suddenly flying as if they're riding a motorcycle throughout the level. It's it's. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm having a blast looking at all of it. <laughs> I Cyberpunk feel... is for everyone. It's for everyone. <laughs> it is. I feel terrible, absolutely terrible for all of the people who bought this game on last gen consoles. I mean, mm-hmm. aside from even current gen yeah. consoles are not doing great. Like you mentioned, you've had countless crashes now. I think you're in the double digits. Between 15 and 20 yeah. crashes since Thursday. That's really bad. Yeah, and this Thank is... Thank God the SSD is fast and does not take long to get back into the game. <laughs> That's always good, yeah. But for, for them to have come out with this game, I, I think it's deceptive. I think they were deceptive about how they released this game because reviewers were only given PC codes. They weren't given any other consoles. They were not allowed to use their own captured footage in their video reviews. So people just had to trust what they saw or trust what they said. Um, and then as soon as the game drops suddenly all of this comes to the surface and it is just like if i were excited about this game i know that you and a lot of people are powering through it and you're enjoying the game regardless of the bugs but if i was excited about this game and i was looking forward to it and i'm one of the millions of people that wants a next-gen console but can't get one due to bots and supply demand all that kind of stuff i would be furious that i pre-ordered this game and people are getting refunds for like sony is refunding people if you call and and Mm -hmm. you say you want a refund for it and there comes a point where you're like, 
delaying the game again is a joke and you're like, oh my God, just freaking release the game. But then if, you, if you're going to release the game like this, don't release the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to just call out what Porkchop uh, Brent said here, um, and we'll we'll work towards it. Cause I think the conversation is going to naturally go here anyway. But he's saying, "Hey guys, you talk about if you believe reviews should focus on bugs and glitches. I'm iffy because I think consumers should obviously know what they're getting into. But I also believe once a game is patched in a month, the reviews will be outdated and people will think it's still bad. I think it's a really good point. We're we're going to work towards that because I think that's where this conversation's going to be heading. Yeah, um, yeah I, I agree. I think it's really deceptive, like what they did. And I think you had even called out like this is not going to run well in current gen consoles. And I was like no it's gonna be great it's they've they've always been planning for this to be a next on a current gen console or last blah working mess with my, con, my console generations here last gen consoles not current gen because they started working on it in 2012 or at least that's when they announced the game and so that's like, the narrative they've been telling us it, yeah. they've been telling us so no that, listen next gen is not even a priority for us we haven't even started thinking about that this is a game for current gen consoles you know, and to add that to that deception, they said, and I retweeted this article actually. Uh, they said recently that it runs surprisingly well on on last generation consoles. What does that mean? Surprisingly well, when on a PS4 base, according to Digital Foundry at least, it runs at 720p, 15 frames per second. <laughs> is that surprisingly well? It's it's baffling. It really is baffling. And I'm curious if patches how much that game needs to be patched and if that can be patched out to begin with or we're just going to have a sub 20 frames per second base console experience on the last generation it, it's bad it, it's yeah it's very bad i i honestly think they should have what would have been right for them and what's right for the customer is delay the console versions if you have to release this yep. game Release it as is on PC. People are used to glitches with lower uh, configurations on their PC. Like that, they understand that mm -hmm. it's gonna look great on people who have the latest and greatest if they're able to get their hands on it. But I mean, look at Doom Eternal. That just came out this week on Switch, and it came out way back in what March on everything else. Like it's a normal thing to say, "Hey, it's not gonna be ready for this platform. Therefore, we're not releasing mm -hmm. it on this platform yet." And the fact that they yeah. did and then didn't tell anybody it ran like shit. I feel like is is egregious. Yeah, especially when they're telling reviewers, don't use your own footage. We're not giving you console review copies. And and here's the thing is I feel I really feel like th the bugs and the glitches are so bad. They should have just let reviewers release the footage because now it looks worse because they told them don't release your own footage. When what they saved themselves two days. Like what were those? What did that really gain them? Like it's so weird. The whole thing's. Incredibly messy. This game just... Should, I think the releasing on PC first and consoles later is a good idea. This should have come out in 2021. Whenever the next-gen like upgrade is going to come out, yeah. it should just come out at that point where they can say, like, hey, it's coming to consoles, and if you have a PS5, here's the goodies you're going to get for that. It's out. Enjoy it. It would have made way more sense. Yep. It's baffling. It's really, really baffling. Um, and I think that kind of ties now into kind of... Porkchop's question, should the reviews have been the focus, or should the glitches and bugs have been a focus in the reviews? If you think about the, like, get down to the point of a review. What is a review for? People are going that to find out, is the game good? Should I buy the game? Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of times people are looking at that to make their purchase decision on day one. They're looking to say, should I buy this now or should I wait for it? That's uh, uh, that's kind of the, the core function of a review is, is the game good? Should I buy it? Should I do it now or wait? 
And mm-hmm. if you leave the glitches out of it, assuming that they'll be fixed, first of all, there's a danger in assuming that they're going to get fixed because a lot of studios yeah. uh, might not have the resources to fix it post-launch. They have to start working on something else or they don't sell enough and they go under. There, there are so many reasons why they sh- might not be fixed. With CD Projekt Red, obviously, that's not necessarily a concern. But, um, but then you think about the review and a lot of people are going to be looking to this to figure out Oh, how does it run on PS4? Should I buy it on PC or should I buy it on this platform? Which one run? And you know, we have all these videos, the <laughs> graphics comparisons of Xbox versus PS4 versus PC. Like those are what reviews are for to let you know where you should buy it and when you should buy it. And if you leave the glitches out of it and just tell everyone, oh yeah, this is an awesome game. The story is amazing. The characters are great. <laughs> and they get a piece of trash. Then it's, it, the review did not do its job. Now to your point, yeah. Porkchop, in the in the chat, you said these will be patched out in a little bit, and the review will be out of date. Um, there are it's it's kind of more common nowadays for people to go back and update reviews. Sometimes they'll revisit it a year later, and they'll they'll make their reviews updated, especially if there's been a major overhaul in systems or graphics or bugs or something like that. And I think that's a better approach, especially for high profile games like this. Like that's obviously someone's mm-hmm. going to be able to go back and, and say, hey, yeah, by the way, this got fixed or, or re-edit that review later. But it's because that's the purpose of a review, I think it is essential to include that information in there. Yeah, I agree with absolutely everything that was said there. I mean, even with multiplayer games, there's you know the you know next year update on this multiplayer game. And with this, considering the scale of Cyberpunk 2077, not the game itself, but of its impact on the industry and kind of all eyes being on it for so long, I'd be really surprised if we didn't see updated reviews. I don't think it's going to happen within a month, though. Um, They've done three patches this week, and it has definitely not been enough, even those three patches. And they were meaty, huge, you know, updates as well. They were not small insignificant they were really big updates so I, I feel like this is going to be a few months before it's looking better but then there's the current gen question based current gen consoles that that's the real i think elephant in the room right now can that get fixed i don't i don't know like i was thinking about like another game recently that kind of had bug concerns when it first came out the two that kind of come to mind like control was one of them where that had like some kind of bugs and, and things to work out, but those seem to be like specific to the hardware. Was like PS4 was struggling, or sorry, PS4 Pro was struggling a little bit more than the PS4 for some reason in certain instances. Like there was odd things there. Like there was just something in the coding they needed to figure out. Whereas this is, and the other one being No Man's Sky, but that obviously worked itself out. Um, this is different because I it doesn't seem like the game could run on a PS4 base or an Xbox One base. Like, it's so, at 720p, bringing the resolution down that much, making it so there's basically no NPCs in the world, almost at all, <laughs> it's still not running great. So, like, I just, I don't know how that's going to play out. I, I, I have a lot of questions and concerns there. So, in a few months, I think the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X will probably be fine. The, they're kind of they're they're in the same range of The Witcher Three when that came out. I went back and looked at where The Witcher Three was with its bugs and issues. I remember there were some things, but going week by week for its launch period, it was not 
the same thing as what we're experiencing now with cyberpunk like yes ps4 was hitting about like you know 23 frames per second as opposed to the 30 and higher that you would get on on pc at the time but that's that was smoothed out and they weren't as significant this is seems like ps4 pro is kind of in that same ballpark putting all the bugs and stuff aside like the weird like objects being thrown around that that will get fixed i'm confident in, in that um I feel like PS4 Pro and Xbox One X are going to be fine. It's the base consoles that I'm like, ooh, in a few months, what is that going to look like? Right, and that's and, the 115 million yeah. people for P- for PlayStation 4. That's the you know the 50,000, yeah. 50 million people on base or 1S consoles. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's going to be really interesting uh, to see that that play out. And I also feel really bad for the employees because I think this is a management problem. I don't think this is an issue with the employees or how capable they are in terms of, you know, art direction or development programming, that kind of stuff. I, I just feel like management wanted to get this game out in time. Yeah. That's 100% what it that's, was. That's what if, if that was not yeah. the case, then they would have continued delaying the game. They would have, um, they, they wouldn't have crunched it off. They're like, this is obviously not going to be something we can fix in mm-hmm. six weeks. Let's, yeah. you know, delay the console version. Release the PC version, delay the console version. Mm-hmm. And what blows my mind is the fact, like they mentioned that it went gold back in September. And they, they literally said going gold means you can play it from start to finish. And the game is feature complete. And like and it's like, this game is not playable. It's not even playable now, three months after <laughs> you've gone gold. How the hell did you play that in September? Yeah, I've heard a lot of differing definitions of what going gold means. I've I've heard that. I've also heard going gold just means that like everything is in the game and we're not like adding in new quests and stuff and and all that. Like it's it's all there, it just might not be perfect. Um but I, that kind of goes right back to the whole conflicting messaging and how kind of things have been all over the place. Um so yeah, I I think that's kind of where we're at with cyberpunk right now i guess my question to you is in a year do you think this will be like a no man's sky kind of story or do you think this has marred the or tarnished the name cyberpunk too much already i think this will continue to be a joke for the rest Mm -hmm. of video game time (laughs) like people similar to how we reference the people with no skin on their faces in assassin's creed unity um and this will continue to be that kind of a joke but uh, I think the game itself will be fixed and different and and be running totally fine across most platforms. Um, but it's hard to forget that first impression. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Porkchop um, says in the chat, obviously every company is run by guys in suits, but I also don't pity the people making the decisions because people would have lost their shit if it was delayed again, but it definitely deserved another big delay. I, I, I hear what you're saying there, but at the same time, this is so bad. I think this is this is way worse than if they had delayed it again. People are also losing their shit about how bad the game is running right now. I think a delay yeah. would have been, I mean, that's it's whiny, but they'd have been losing their shit over something that's they didn't pay $60 for yet. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't kind of offer a comparison. I think people have kind of settled down on Halo Infinite being delayed out of the launch window. Like, obviously there's the concerns of like Xbox didn't have anything, but I think people are generally pretty understanding. It's like, hey, you needed to do a big delay. And I feel like if they just came out and said, hey, we wanted to get released for the end of the year, but we're not giving you a date. It's just going to come out at some point next year and we're going to figure these things out. There would have been a shit show for sure. The jokes of, when's it going to come out? 2077? All that <laughs> stuff would have continued. But 
like i think the point chad made like this is something that's going to be remembered in gaming history period it just is going to be and another delay wouldn't have been that that memorable um chad do you have anything else to say about the kind of launch experience before we move on to the game itself no that's a a great transition into playtime for you because i would love to learn about the good of cyberpunk 2077 while you've been playing it yeah, so I, I'm not going to talk about any of the issues I've um, I've had. I feel like I kind of already said that with the um, with the crashes. I, I will have there too. I've seen a few bugs. Nothing, <laughs> nothing on the level of. <laughs> Good job. So that's ice cold water, and I'm wearing shorts that kind of rode up a little bit, and that was ice cold water on my bare naked thighs. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I haven't had any glitches on the level of what we're seeing online. Like, literally nothing. I've had a few funny ones, like, um, I've called my bike. Because you can you can call your horse to you in a game. Yeah. You can call your, your bike or your car to you, and it will just drive up because it's, like, automated like that. Um, but I've had it a few times where it's, like, it says it's three kilometers away, and it's just showing it, like... 2.9 kilometers away 2.8 kilometers away and i'm like usually it's here in a second like why is it three <laughs> kilometers away right now? driving like, in real time and real that. speed <laughs> yeah and i had another time where it um i called my bike and it turned out it was really close to me it was like basically right next to me i forgot i left it there mm-hmm. and it started to drive away from me and i tried to call it back and it just kept driving away <laughs> Have so you had I, the dog I definitely glitch? had some like the funny glitch where your penis hangs out? <laughs> no, no, I haven't had that one. That's maybe my um, favorite. I have had though, like suddenly, I'll look in the mirror and I have no clothes on at all. Ooh, I've X-ray had that. vision. Yeah, <laughs> but then I also have like the whole like uh, in Dogma how the angels look when they're naked. They have no you know genitals at all. Yeah. Like that's what my character looks like, even though I gave my character a penis. You spent all that time choose choosing a, a dick, and then it doesn't even show up when you're naked. Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it, the point is like my glitches have not been that bad. I've being on PS5, it's running at 60 frames per second very consistently. So like, I'm having a smooth experience in that regard. When it crashes, I can jump back in relatively quickly. I've been quick saving a lot, so I'm not really losing that much progress. Um, so like that's kind of my bug experience. All that aside, let's talk about like the content of the game itself now. And one of the, I think, big criticisms I've been seeing in this game just on Reddit is, why isn't this game, this, like, cyberpunk life simulation where, like, everything is 100% realistic? And, like, yeah, I can see that because cyberpunk has kind of led that on, or CD Projekt Red kind of led that on a little bit with, like, showing how Ripper Doctors work in that 45-minute demo. And it turns out that was all story content. Like, that was you introducing to a character, and... I feel like they overhyped in that regard, but on its own, it's a first-person like Bethesda-style Western RPG. That's what it is. It just is in the setting of a cyberpunk world, and looking at it through that lens, it's magnificent. It's absolutely magnificent. It's really engaging in terms of the content, the story, the characters. I really feel like my decisions matter, although I'm having this like hard time discerning how, to what degree they matter. Because it's and so well. And I really well. want to play it again like woven yeah, it's into it. so smoothed out yeah yeah like the when you make a decision it feels like a natural decision that could have happened in a fully scripted game so it's like is that exactly what was supposed to happen or is that just them doing a really good job with the variability and the decisions you can make but like comparing some of the things that like me and dallas have had 
we had very different experiences in a mission called the pickup um watching videos online as well of that one mission from the people's perspective i mean i don't want to spoil anything at all but you depending on how you play things out it can get violent and i faced an entirely different set of enemies than other people faced because this the like things shifted around that much which is a really cool thing to see like oh these decisions can have a really big impact later on in the game i've been trying not to look at what other people are doing because i just want to experience the story for myself but i'm like really excited to play another run through and see if i make different decisions what happens i've already gotten some hints that there are just storylines i just have not seen at all and will never see in this run through because of decisions i've made So that's really, really cool to see. It's really impressive. I haven't gotten this feeling of dialogue being a part of the game and interaction with the world being a part of the game since Mass Effect. That's the last game that really gave me that kind of impression. And the point I kind of want to drive home there is that's not a technical thing. That's not like the power of PS4 can handle it. Obviously it can't. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Um, It's it's (laughs) a... Ha, ha, ha. It's an artistic thing. Like it is, it, it, this is just a lot of planning and a lot of work on the story and just good writers. This is an artistic thing. And so to see that kind of pulled off is, is a huge achievement. And I want to commend them for it. Whether the decisions really have variability or not, I'll see in a second run through, but I'm already impressed with how things play out anyway that I'm happy with it. Um, it it's fantastic. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything of the story, so I'm not going to talk about the, the, the story at all. There are big moments that are really surprised you. There are moments where I gasp at the screen and I'm like, oh, no, that did not just happen. Like, it, it gets really, really good. Um, it's fantastic. The RPG elements of it are also really, really good. good. They do a really good job of making you have to pick a path to go on. So, like, I'm not as strong or, like, I can't rip doors open and stuff like that because I've just invested in the hacking so much. But that means that I can do some really, really cool stuff when I'm dealing with enemies now and sneaking around and being stealthy. I can turn off their eyes so they can't see me because I can hack into their system. I can stop them from moving completely so I can better sneak up behind them and like snap their neck and throw them in a dumpster. Like there's just like all <laughs> these really cool hacks that I've developed over the period. And then the hacks are basically like spells. So you have a certain amount of RAM that you can use to en- en- enact these different um, hacks. And then you can, you know, add perks or different cyberware devices to your body so that you can um you can have your RAM fill up faster, or just how many slots you have. Then you get into like the cybernetics and like attaching different parts to your body, and you can get different operating system units that give you more modules for hacking. So you get more to kind of like quote unquote spells you can keep with you. Um, like all that stuff is really good. And all those elements also tie into the open world and the exploration. So like there's these Ripper Doctors that are around that kind of give you some of those perks. But different Ripper Doctors, some of them will have largely the same things, but other Ripper Doctors will have like a legendary version of that one ability. So just by kind of exploring and going to different Ripper Doctors, you might get better perks. Like I found one Ripper Doctor who gave me a, what was it? It was a skeleton module. I can't remember part of the body, but it basically upped my armor by 200 which is a lot, (laughs) like a significant amount. So my armor level is really high because I explored and found that Ripper Doctor and 
and it tied back into the RPG elements by specking me in a way that worked well for the build I was going for because I'm I was kind of vulnerable before but now I'm better because I explored and found that so just all these elements play in really really well with each other and as just an RPG it's really really excellent I'm 100% in the honeymoon phase of this game, so I'm not going to say, like, it's the greatest RPG ever. I want to play it a few times, probably, because I can see myself doing that. But I'm kind of, like, in that early honeymoon phase of really, really loving it. It's on my mind constantly, and I can't wait to keep playing this. And I, goddamn, I can't wait for, you know, all the glitches and... Uh, crashes to get resolved (laughs) that's kind of where that was a long-winded thing that's kind of where i'm at how many hours would you say you've been playing it (laughs) i know exactly the amount and i will not say because it's too many (laughs) (laughs) it is a shocking amount i've been out what 48 hours now or no 72 hours right it's less than that oh the game has been yeah i've not played 72 full hours now um it's been out what 96 hours now it's been four days. Oh, because it was yeah. Wednesday night. But I've not played That's 96 right. hours. Okay. I'll say this. It's very much like Zelda. When I got Zelda and I accounted for knowing I was going to be only playing Zelda. So I basically just played Zelda, then slept and ate, and then played more Zelda. <laughs> it's been like that with Cyberpunk. <laughs> All right. Which is part of the reason why I think I have 20 crashes, because I've just played that much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's really, really fantastic. Um, I think it's a shame that they launched it like this like i actually kind of hurt a little bit because i'm like oh if they had waited i wish that the talk about this game was about how good it is but cd project only has themselves to blame for that so and what's unfortunate (laughs) Dallas, like tell us you coward (laughs) i've i'll just say i've put about 40 hours into the game (laughs) that's not bad i put a ton of time that's not bad that's a lot over four days that's like 10 hours a day on average put in that's a what, crazy amount 30 32 hours into the last of us over two days when that came out the last okay, of us part yeah. two so th- we had very similar experiences in that regard then <laughs> yes it's been very much like that <laughs> or maybe it was slightly less maybe it was like 25 to 28 or something but i put a lot of hours within those first two days of it launching I showed mine Dallas. You have to show yours now. And you too, Porkchop. <laughs> Dallas is always showing his because he has the penis out glitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it, you you think about, you know, that that's the discussion that's going to be happening not only at launch, but that's also the discussion for the majority of players. You know, the 8 million yeah. copies sold, uh, a staggering percentage, percentage of those you know are playing on last-gen consoles. And I... I feel like I almost feel bad people got the experience because like I'm like I'm enjoying PS5 and I'm like I'm really lucky that I got to get a PS5 and experience mm-hmm. it like this because remember what, one of my big reasons for not wanting to get a PS5 at launch because um, before Demon Souls was announced as a launch was well don't worry Cyberpunk's coming to to PS4 so I'll be fine yep. thank God it's actually a very Cyberpunk moment a decision I made had long lasting <laughs> consequences I did not realize. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Um, it's it's good I will not to spoil anything but just to call out a few missions that I was just like on point that was really good early on the pickup and the heist are fantastic look out for a mission called dream on it blew my mind you mean it's like the episode crazy of fucked up. Glee when Neil Patrick Harris got stars and him and Mr. Shu sing dream on <laughs> dream on it's exactly what happens damn it why'd you spoil it Chad <laughs> It's it's great shit. Wait, Brent, you're only seven to eight hours in, but didn't you beat the prologue already? 
Dude is main pathing this game. Oh, you gotta explore around more, man. You're gonna you're gonna wish you did. Trust me. If we know Dallas, he's running into every single wall, every go corner. Go see someone named. I think Brent actually called this one out. There's one called Cloud. I think it's called Cloud. But you go to this place called Cloud, and that's a really good mission. It's a, good it's a really yeah, is this something really that you mission. see us maybe one day doing like a a review discussion or a spoiler chat for? Yeah, but I want to give it time because I really want people to experience like Brent and things like that. Like you got to put more than seven, eight hours into this game before we do a spoiler chat of it. So, yes. But in a little bit, cool. Cool. in a little bit. Um, That's all I really played this week. I tried to get GTA five done and instead I just watched a lot of commentary on cyberpunk instead. <laughs> so I did not put any time into GTA five, but I will, I will do that again. Cool. Chad, tell us about how you are a huge jerk for beating man, a man eater in <laughs> your first try in demon souls. I did. I beat man eater. My first try didn't even sweat, uh, two and a half minutes. I sent you the video of me doing it. It was great. Um, I haven't got a chance to watch it yet because I was playing Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm having a blast with Demon Souls. I'm excited for us to talk about it. Uh, probably, I've, I've now beat three of the five Archstones. So we'll probably be able to talk about it by the end of this week, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. So again, look for that. Man That's part of was the hardest boss for me. Hands down hardest boss. So I'm like, Chad, get ready for Man Eater. It's going to be so hard. <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. Nope. And I just got this insanity catalyst too that like almost doubles my magic power, but it halves my MP. But I've been I've been finding a way to make it work. It's good. Anyway, um, so I played Demon Souls again. We're gonna have spoiler chat review discussion ish in the next week or so. I've been playing Destiny two. The boys and I finished all of the Beyond Light, um, like quests and things like that. We're just kind of wrapping up some side things, getting fragments and. Uh, I am loving Stasis, the new uh, freezing power, a lot more than I did when I started it. When I started, I was like, oh, I can see this is getting a little bit of, like, it's cool because it's new, but I don't know if I'm going to use it. And now I'm basically using it exclusively. It's awesome. Uh, We are looking to raid soon. Raid suggested power level is 1230. I just checked today and I am 1239. So I'm ready to go. Um, So that means any of you who are used to raiding with us, maybe Joel. Joel, if you want to go out there and you want to purchase an additional $60 expansion on the PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5 <laughs> to play along with us. Uh, I know Jerrica's out there with her girlfriend. They're ready to raid, so I'm I'm excited. We're getting ready. And then, Holden, I played something new this week on an Xbox Series X, and it was Minecraft I Dungeons. Say, I, yeah, I was very surprised to see this on here. Yep. Minecraft Dungeons. So let me tell you a, a little bit of a story um, four or five days ago, my have water, but I have AirPods in. I'll still okay, hear you. You're going to still listen to my story four or five days ago. Oh yeah. My nephews and my niece were here for school. My, my mom kind of facilitates them going to school while their dad and mom are at work. And during lunch one day, I came down to get a glass of water and go right back upstairs to work. And I came downstairs and my nephew, Matthew, who's six years, five years old says, Uncle Michael, they call me Michael because that's my middle name and that's what my family calls me. Uncle Michael, have you played Minecraft? I was like, no, I haven't, but I see you guys play it all the time. He's like, have you played Minecraft Dungeons? 
was like, no, but I wanted to. That looks cool. I like games like that. It was like, well, you can't play Minecraft Dungeons until you play Minecraft. And first, you have to learn things. Do you know how to craft? I was like, no, I've never played Minecraft. Well, you craft with the X button. And then, do you know how to fight? <laughs> so he walked me through like 20 minutes of how to play Minecraft so that he could prepare me for what it's like to play Minecraft Dungeons. And so I left them with the usual like, yeah, that would be fun to play. Maybe you, we can play sometime soon. And yesterday I get a text message from my nine-year-old niece that says, are you working today? If not, let's play Minecraft Dungeons. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's play Minecraft Dungeons. So I busted out. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, you have, um, your video is frozen. There you go, you're back. That was weird. Um, to be fair, Minecraft's hard to figure out. There's a lot to do in Minecraft. It sounds like it. And they were talking, and they were like, and then you have emeralds, and emeralds are better than diamonds. The best gem, do not get gold. Things with gold are trash. They break all the time. So they were telling me all about all the stuff. So then we, we get on uh, Xbox Series X. I boot up my Series X for the very first time since I opened it and played 10 minutes of, of Destiny on it. And uh, I bought a three-month code for Game Pass Ultimate during Black Friday for like 20 bucks. So I put that in. And then we got online and we played together. And uh, what was really cool to see... Actually, step back for just a moment. They were playing on an Xbox One original. But with Minecraft Dungeons, you can't play two people local co-op while also playing online with someone else. Um, so we were like, oh, man. And their dad was like, well, maybe you'll just have to play one at a time and take turns and share. And I was like, wait a minute. You're an Android guy, aren't you? So I was like, Matthew, do you have the Game Pass app on your phone? And I know you just got that Stadia controller for free like I did, and you guys aren't using that. And you pair that to the... So his phone was also at 10% battery. So he rubber-banded his phone to a wireless charger so he could plug in the Stadia remote to the controller, because remember, you can't do that wirelessly still. And then they were playing Xbox Game Pass on his phone while another one was playing on the TV, and then we were all three playing. It was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, so we were playing along, and this game is surprisingly fantastic for uh like a, a thing aimed at, for kids it is an action rpg just it is a ripoff of diablo um but without the complexity of character classes and skill trees but they still have all of these rpg elements tied to gear so like randomized gear dropping all the time you're looking for the next loot you save merchants in all, each level and then they go back and they join your camp so that you can buy other randomized stuff and and um, the gear itself is really cool because it, it will, it'll change up the gameplay completely. So uh, in the two hours that we played together already yesterday, um, I got a bow that ricochets through people. Every third arrow goes through people. I got armor that whenever I got hit, it electrified people around me. But then I got another piece of armor that after I broke that down and put enchantments into it, every time I would roll, it would leave flames behind me. So like... It really expands the way that you can play this game just by swapping out pieces of gear all the time. Um, so it's a, it's a really cool, surprisingly deep RPG, action RPG, that is fun to play. Like, the enemy types are are unique and, and dynamic. Like, you're shooting... There are, there are archers. There are really hard archers. There are creepers that explode. There are regular kind of rank-and-file enemies. There are mages that, if you leave them alive too long, then they'll make the other enemies bigger and harder to beat. And it's like... All of this for a kid's game. These kids are fucking obsessed with Minecraft. And then to be able to play something like this is so cool. It brings me back to the days of playing Diablo with my brother. 
and there's even like the you could steal loot like it has instanced loot for a lot of things but there are some treasure chests mm-hmm. that you open up to give you like supplies like bread and arrows and stuff like that and i'll like open it up and i'll steal all the arrows and it reminds me of when we would play you know what it sounds like what Sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. This is your thing. You go yeah. ahead. Sorry. So, uh, and when we would uh, in Diablo, like you would hear a ring drop, and it does not have instant loot in Diablo. You hear a ring drop, and you hear the ding. And no matter what you're doing, you stop fighting whatever you're fighting. And you're like moving your mouse all over the screen. Where the fuck is that tiny ring? Where is it? Where is it? Because you don't want the other person to steal it. And rings are valuable. Um, so yeah, I'm having a blast with it. I'm really looking forward to playing some more. They, um, I gave my brother the PS4 Pro that I had before. And they ended up buying it on that as well. They bought PlayStation Plus so that they could play. And it's cross-platform play as well. So you can play Xbox and PlayStation together. And so what they're going to do is they're going to remote play the PlayStation on her iPad from now on. So she doesn't have to steal dad's phone. And then my <laughs> nephew Matthew will be on the TV with the Xbox. And then I'll be playing on my Xbox. So it's fun. Good, wholesome quality That's time awesome. with a surprisingly deep Minecraft game. <laughs> What it sounds like to me, because I, I was you're kind of going on about like how it's Diablo, but like Diablo Light. Mm-hmm. There's a really important place for games like that. Something like Diablo could be very overwhelming, maybe not kid friendly. I haven't played Diablo, so I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, all sorts of like kid friendly or not. Hell and blood and goats. Yeah, <laughs> and even just like really complicated systems. Yeah, too can be kind of. And it Especially kind of reminds me of Pokemon. Skill tree with like skill points that you can't reallocate after you've done it. It's permanent choices like that. Yeah. That could be tough yep. for kids. Yeah. Uh, it's very akin to how like Pokemon is to RPG games. It's like, Oh, Pokemon's just a baby RPG. It's like, w- yeah, but that's, there's a place for that. It is complicated if you want it to be. And it sounds like this is kind of like that too. It's a simple game, but if you want to make it more complicated by working with different perks and different types of armor and stuff, you can do that. So this actually sounds like a really well balanced game in those regards, which surprised me because it sounded like, when we first heard about it, like a gigantic cash grab. Like, how can <laughs> yeah. we make more money off of Minecraft? Yeah. But it sounds like it's really good. It is. That's good to hear. That's awesome. I will not play it, it just because me... I have to, to play with my niece and nephew. I will play it because I enjoy it. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I might recommend that to my brothers because they both like Minecraft as well, and I'm trying to get them to play different types of games. But they're very like set in their ways, and this might be a good bridge for that. Very cool, very cool. Well, is that all? That 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 is all. Yeah, Demon Souls, Destiny Two, Minecraft Dungeons, and Cyberpunk. I didn't delete the ad read out of here. We're taking that ad read out. You guys know who Deleted. we are. Going out of the subscribe to our YouTube channels. Go to Patreon.com/slash/respawnamefire <laughs> and play with us. Exactly. Moving on to the quest log, we got. Quite a bit to talk about in the quest logs. Uh-huh. We talked about the Game Awards coming up, but before all that, Halo Infinite got an update. It's officially being, as of right now, released in fall 2021. They had a kind of a long post, which is really just kind of developers talking about their experiences. One of the standouts for me was that they claimed that the criticisms of the visuals is something they were already talking to themselves about internally, which was it? Yeah, was it? <laughs> I had if, doubts about if that. If that was yeah. the case, why would you come up with all of those excuses as to why it looks the way that it does? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but they did have some screenshots that I thought actually looked really good, but those are screenshots, not game in motion. Big difference. So it's nice to see that they're updating us. I lo- want to see regular stuff like this. Fall 2021. Do you buy it? Uh, no. The... 
I, I read a couple of headlines who interpreted it as the the quote as fall 2021 at the earliest like it's going to be mm-hmm. at least until then and i think that's yeah. more realistic like fall 2021 is is a good mm-hmm. if if they are changing enough about this game that they're talking about changing as far as like literally mm-hmm. i think they they were like literally like design pillars of the game they're going back and, and reworking um working on all sorts of different t- types of lighting systems like in addition to balancing the multiplayer, making it free to play, how does that impact the way that it all works and functions together, the the economy of the game? Like that's that's a lot of things that they are trying to change before this comes out. And if they were struggling to get it out as is in their own kind of like and they couldn't get it out in time as is, with all of those changes, I don't know if twenty twenty one's a a set in stone mm-hmm. thing. I would love for it to be. But I don't know if it is. Yeah. I think I think a big part of this announcement was just saying, "Hey, we're coming into 2021 right now," and it's just them saying this was not us saying we're delaying it by a few weeks or a few months. Like this is going to be a big delay. I think they just needed to get that message out there because nothing is worse than well, they haven't given us a release date, and just every month it's like, "Are we going to hear something now?" Is right. going to be so. It's kind of like there's almost a piece in that. Excuse me, even though you still have to wait a while. So. Good on them for just being up front. It would have been great if another game did that as well, but I won't mention what that game is because, you know, don't want to go to the bus or anything. Cyberpunk 2770? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I think good on them for for doing this. And I hope this is a sign of kind of things to come for communication because that's one thing they did say last week or the week before is they want to start being more transparent. They want to start being more open about this. And I think this is a good start. Um, and what I like to kind about of build it, off what you're saying. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. What, what I like about it is that they they are giving us updates, and they are they're no longer saying well, the reason it looks like this is because of blank system. They're, they're just saying, yeah, we get mm-hmm. it. You don't like it. We don't like it either. We're changing it rather than making up excuses mm-hmm. and going into like all of these really specific scenarios. Like, no, just fucking tell us you're changing it and mm-hmm. move on. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It kind of build off the point you were saying earlier too. With clearly, there's more they had to fix than they were leading on before. I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, it took them this long to even say that. Yeah. This and it's not a huge post, but like to even just say the little bit that they said this week. So I think they spent a lot of time figuring out, okay, what are these big changes we need to do? What are the things that are realistic? What's what's the priority? And if they're pushing it this this long, I think they're be saying the priority is just making a good Halo game, regardless of how long that takes. And that's nice to hear, because I, I think Halo needs it. Halo's a really, really important game in video game history. Like, it might not sell as well as the Marios and the Zeldas and all that kind of stuff, but it is on that level of significance in video game history. It's the face of Xbox. It's the game that really started console shooters being these this online multiplayer experience. Like, Halo started that. Like, it would have been a real shame if 4 was good, 5 wasn't great, Infinite ruined Halo. Yeah. Like, that just would have been a really terrible, like, and you like can downward tell, spiral. Foreshadowing for uh, later in the show on the Game Awards, like, you can tell... When Master Chief is shown off at the Game Awards for Fortnite, people are still fucking losing their mind. Like people love and are invested yeah. in this franchise. It's about time that they like brought it back in a good way. 
Every Halo fan that I know basically thinks the last few games haven't been good, but they still have that heavy nostalgia. Halo's not over. They can still win it back for sure. And that's a really positive note to end that story on. So let's move on (laughs) to the Sony Quest log. Great. Speaking of good things, PlayStation 5 breaks record for highest console launch month in the U.S. Um, This comes from MPD. They didn't give a number out, so there was no, like, this specific number of units sold. Um, But it was also the highest in consumer spending, which is interesting, for for the month of November. Which basically means that people bought accessories, they bought a bunch of games, so that's kind of unsurprising. Switch still led in unit sales... But I wouldn't read into that too much because that was based on the supply of PS5s available. It would have sold more. And Switch is not going to be the number one selling console in the next few months, I think. Once there's better allocation of resources, Switch is not going to be number one per month anymore. Um, but yeah, good for, for Sony. This is totally... Um, it's selling so, sorry, this ahead, is sorry. totally me half remembering something that I think I heard on... Um, <laughs> on a podcast. Sources, trust me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the they didn't give numbers for how it sold in the U.S. in this article, but mm-hmm. I, I want to say it was Easy Allies looked up the numbers from the PS4, which they're comparing it to, and I want to say it was like two point yeah. three million or something like that. Like PS4, yeah, that sounds about right. To sold two point three million in its first month in the U.S., so this would have to do at least that. Yeah. Yeah, it it definitely it definitely did. It's kind of funny too because like the number doesn't really matter because it's not indicative of the demand. Yeah, because they if they could have made more, so yep. it's really I'm it's really more of a curiosity of how long it takes these things to consistently be in stock. I think that's going to be the real measure of the demand for this console, and it, it, I'm willing to bet it's going to be a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if well into 2021. We are still hearing about shortages and how it's hard to get one. Yep. Um, on that note, the PS5 won't be back in stock with some major UK retailers until 2021. So they're not going to have anything for the Christmas season at all at this point. They're done. Did you see? That's incredible. Did you see this, the, the store? I don't remember the name of the store in the UK, but they opened up pre-order or they opened up orders for it and... They sold out really, really quickly, and it was like over a thousand of them. And then they just canceled. They canceled them all because they were able to trace back IP addresses or something like that, and find out that most of them mm-hmm. were scalpers. I was like, nope. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, nobody gets these now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to see there's a better, a bigger initiative on the scalper front. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. Um, but yeah, the the, the crux of these stories is PlayStation Five is selling well. Surprise. <laughs> um, what is a surprise is that Sony is a rumored event that's going to be held in 2021, early 2021. This, of course, in 2021, the whole year, they're going to have an event <laughs> at some point. Um, no, this is according to Dusk Golem slash Aesthetic Gamer. I guess he goes by both. But this is the guy who um, did all the Resident Evil Village leaks that turned out to be uh, basically 100% on point. So I think it's a legitimate source. He said on Twitter, Sony has some event planned for the start of the year for January slash February. I won't be surprised if Capcom either did something themselves in January or took part um, of that due to Sony marketing. Because right now, Resident Evil Village and Sony have kind of been very much linked. Do we have a, Chad, a release window Do you buy for it? Resident Evil Village? I don't think there... I think there's... I think it's... 
I don't know where I'm getting this from. This is just source. Trust me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Early 2021. I'm thinking like April. I think April was like the rumor, but I think they've. I have a gut feeling about that at least. I can't remember what the source on that is, but um, in terms of this rumored event yeah. in January, February, two questions for you, Chad. Do you buy it? What's going to be there? Ooh, do I buy it? January, February event. I I do. Um, I think it's a hundred percent necessary because. As we talked about last week with all of our predictions that spoilers came out completely wrong. <laughs> Sony has a lot coming <laughs> out next year. And they obviously have to stagger those throughout the year. They have Horizon. They have uh, Ratchet and Clank. They have God of War. They have um, there's something Horizon. else in there. Um, but so they, they have to stagger these releases, which means some of them got to be coming out very early. And we, we yeah. haven't seen a lot of most of them. So... Um, I think that it is a, a guarantee that we will see something at least in the first quarter, if not January, early February. And what mm. will be there? Possibly all of those games. Uh, at least yeah. like a, a look at what Ragnarok's going to be. Um, maybe a release mm -hmm. date or release window for Horizon. I think there was that leak that said it was the first two quarters of the year that Horizon's coming or something like that. So... Uh, mm -hmm. I think we're going to see yeah. all of those things. I don't think we're going to see anything new revealed from Sony because they have enough right now. Although we said Absolutely, that last time yeah. and we told Dallas, no, you're not going to see God of War. And then we saw God of War. <laughs> I'm still blown away by that. I still can't yeah. believe they released God of War or announced God of War. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we're going to see necessarily anything new because I don't think they have to. They've kind of set themselves up well to have like, all right, here's a, a a bigger tease at what God of War is. And then in that E3 time frame, we finally get the gameplay demo. And then, excuse me, that's then their big fall release for the year. Um, but I'm, as far as I know, there was some sort of trailer. Yeah, there's some sort of trailer from like PlayStation, I want to say a month or so ago, that showed some just general footage we've already seen before but there's like an asterisk in the bottom of the screen that said um, Gran Turismo first half of 2021 and oh, I think it it's the a, same thing about Ratchet and Clank it was a and PlayStation Horizon trailer well. in France or something like that yeah yep and I was like that's and a I weird thing like to put at the bottom of a trailer uh, whatever it was yeah yeah so I feel like if those games are all coming out in the first half of the year they kind of have to do something but then the the kind of <sighs> I guess the confusion point for me is then why did they announce the release date for Eternal now? Why wouldn't they have just waited until January, February event? Does that mean that Returnal is the first PS PlayStation game we're going to get of the year and Ratchet and Clank, Gran Turismo, and Horizon are all after that? But then there were rumors no. of February for Ratchet and Clank. So like, right. I I'm, very, I'm very interested to see and what their timeline is going to be. And I think they kind of need to establish their 2021 timeline. Um... The, I want to say it was opening night live when they had the short little interview with the devs of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and they hinted at Q1 of 2021 for the release date. Like, they wouldn't give a month or something like that, but they hinted at Q1, like it was going to be early, which means that that would come, if, if yeah. Returnal's coming, I think, what, March 18th? I assume mm -hmm. Rift Apart would be coming that January, February timeline. Yeah, I don't know. February would make sense. Yeah, we, we don't know. And, and Sony's been just a huge enigma this whole year. And I think they're kind of playing that Nintendo card of like, we're not going to tell you anything. We're going to be really excited <laughs> when we finally do. 
because it works. So yeah, I, I believe the January February timeline for the event, but I think we're kind of up in the air about what we're going to see there. One thing though is they'll show Resident Evil Village. We really haven't actually seen that much of that game. Yeah, we saw that trailer with a, a lot of like quick looks at different environments and enemy types and things like that. But I'm ready for a deep dive, a little bit more of that. And they have a yeah. really good relationship, you know. Obviously, Capcom, you know, with Resident Evil Seven, the PSVR mode, exclusive to that for a year, and and um, so yeah, it's it. it it's not unlikely that we'll see Capcom at that event. Yeah. Let's move on to the Nintendo Quest log here. I, oh God, this story. Um, so Nintendo issued a cease and desist over the Etika Joy-Con shells that raised $10,000 for charity. So people who don't know, Etika was a Nintendo streamer. Um, last year, he was going through mental health issues and he, he took his own life. Um, and he's it, very, it, it's it's just a fucking horrible thing. Um, so this other guy named Captain Alex decided that he was going to make um, Eticons, which were basically his design for a Joy-Con and the proceeds of sales would go towards the um, Jed Foundation, which is a suicide prevention charity. So all good, heartwarming stuff. He raised $10,000 and then Nintendo said that uh, he couldn't sell those joy cons he couldn't well he couldn't use the joy con logo and phrase and that he basically he can't release these but once he removes the trademarks it um it seems like he'll be able to start distributing them through indiegogo and etsy like he's been doing um here's like the where i'm just calling foul and calling bullshit go to amazon right now and type in joy con shell and you will see a multitude of options that all use the term joy con in the name is it because they didn't use Joy-Con hyphen capital C-Con, like, and instead use just Joy-Con all one word with lowercase c? Like, is that the difference, really? It, it just, this whole thing is fucking stupid. And I think Nintendo looks like huge assholes for, for this. I'm going to play devil's advocate with you. Um, it's for a good cause. It's not like this guy's yeah. selling them to make money and, and profit off of, of their trademarks mm -hmm. but the logo that he used on the shells is a straight ripoff of the joy-con logo like it is that logo and mm -hmm. i understand it's for charity but imagine imagine the apple logo and holden you decided you were going to sell shirts yeah. with a giant apple logo on it and the apple logo was i don't know it had underneath of it i smell like poop <laughs> or whatever it says whatever it yeah. says around the apple logo and you Just make money matter. off of that yeah. no matter where that money goes like that is that is mm -hmm. you're marketing that like an apple product uh in the yeah. eyes of that company like that logo represents something to us and when mm -hmm. customers see that logo they represent that and they see that and they assume oh that's a nintendo product that means it has a certain quality threshold that means i can get um warranty information and repairs through nintendo and it is a ripoff of that logo and I think the biggest hang-up I think Nintendo probably has is say, like, dude, change up your logo that you have printed on the Joy-Cons themselves, and you'll be fine to sell the shells. And so this guy is, is like, straight up using their logo, and he's like, oh, I'm using it for charity. Why don't they let me do it? They're assholes. It's like, dude, no, you just, you took their intellectual property, and you're marketing off, and you're making money off of it. And, and uh, while I appreciate so I'm, I'm what he's doing... Picture. 
I'm looking at the picture right now, and I, I guess I don't see the exact resemblance to... I know you're playing the devil's advocate, but I don't see the exact comparison. Because I, I see your point. Like, if I had the straight-up Apple logo, and I said something, like, really, like, you know horrible on that shirt or even if i said something really nice and awesome like i love apple products or all the proceeds of this you know um, shirt go towards you know child hunger or something like that like doesn't matter i i, I totally get that the I'm logo gonna, i'm seeing to clarify though, that is, metaphor just a second let's make it not a shirt yeah. and let's make it a piece of tech you uh on a, a charger a better or, or yeah. a, a phone yeah. or something like that mm-hmm. in this case it, it it basically shows something that kind of looks like left Joy-Con, right Joy-Con. You can kind of tell because it's like a silhouette, but then it has a huge space between it, and it says, I guess... Actually, I can't even really see what it says because the picture's too blurry, but like it looks different enough from the Nintendo logo that... Because like, the Nintendo like Joy-Con logo is them both side by side. But they are, and nothing is, in between. It is the Joy-Cons, like the silhouetted version, one of them being slightly bigger, the other one being smaller to accommodate the the weight of them mm-hmm. as well. Like it is the exact, like he totally just took that, cut it in half and separated yeah. it and put something to resemble the switch in between with words. Yeah. So that's point one. I, I think that it looks different enough, but I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know like what they could get away with in terms of copyright, that kind of stuff. But the other thing they say is the Joy-Con phrase. And that's what I was kind of getting at with like, is Joy apostrophe uppercase C con and then just Joy-Con all one word with lowercase c, enough of a difference? Because if you go to Amazon and look it up, they all just say Joy-Con, all one word, lowercase c, no hyphen. But everyone knows what they're talking about, and they all say shell like attached to it. So it's not even just the logo that they're upset about. It is the phrasing. Now, in the... Oh, now it's not loading. This, oh, yeah. So here's the thing. All right, let me, I want to actually... Can I send this to you? Yeah, I can you can put this on stream, right? Uh, is it a picture? Um, I'm gonna send you a link. Do you want just the picture? I can just send you just the picture. Send me just the picture, yeah. Because if it's a if it's a okay. link, I don't. I haven't figured out how to put that in there yet, but I can drag and drop a picture. No worries. So, um, here's the trademark that Apple is that uh, Nintendo is discussing. So just sent that to you. Um, it also shows the Pokemon logo too, but that's besides the point. And then in this picture, if you zoom in, you can see the logo on one of the, the Joy-Cons. On the white ones, you can see it. And it's different enough because it has a huge space and then another logo between either of the silhouetted Joy-Cons. You can even also see, too, how, like, the circle's in a different location. Like, he changed it up. He wasn't just copying and using the same exact logo. Uh, I can't figure it out. It's not dragging and dropping like it usually does. But people just go, okay. go Google it or, or Twitter it. It's Joy-Con Boys. At the top of, actually, at the top of that DualShockers um, article that you linked to, it yeah. shows a, a much more clear image of the logo on there. If you click on that and expand the image. Oh, perfect. I did not see that before. Yeah. But yeah, you can see this is Joy-Con boys and there's the huge separation. But I get it. Man. I don't know. Like, I, I feel it. like... And I, I do recognize it. it yes. You're right. There's a gray area. Yeah. I, there is a, this is a gray area for sure. Yeah. There are a ton of other products out there 
that are uh, Amazon is, is huge for counterfeit shit all the time, especially coming from China and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like it's it is a problem out there. Um, and this is just one of those battles that they I guess they chose to pick because I don't I don't know why. But I, I get it, man. Just like all none of those are actually using the Joy-Con image on their Joy-Con. Like the the actual logo itself, the Nintendo Switch logo. And that's the only difference I can see with this one is that that one has the actual logo, whereas all the rest of them are just like clear shells or purple shells or things like that, and they're just kind of generic. Yeah, that's probably what I think they have a problem with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's a great area for sure. I think it just looks really bad on Nintendo for them to take this example, especially like this coming off on the wake of the whole Smash Bros. Melee emulator thing, which I actually am on Nintendo's side on that one. Because it's an it's a tournament for a game running an emulated version of the game with all these changes and like Nintendo's very particular about that kind of stuff. Like they honestly should have seen that one coming. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Tis tis. Speaking of weird thing, let's talk about the game awards. Ooh, I think by weird thing you mean awesome thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was no Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, but you know. Um. Yeah, so I guess we don't have to go through every single award. Um. Actually, we do have our predictions, so we do have to go through every single <laughs> award. <laughs> so let me uh open up. Can you can you actually open up the awards themselves? Who won? And then I'll pull up our predictions, and we'll work together to go through Ooh, that. Yep. Nominees. The Game Awards, um, brought to you by Mattel. We are going to start with the Content Creator Award. Yeah, Content Creator went to Valkyrie. We both predicted Alana Pierce. I don't think either of us had even heard of Valkyrie before. No, in fact, I didn't even know how to say her name, but now I do. Yeah. And I'm not saying she but sounds like a valley a... girl. I just like saying it like that. Valkyrie. What's up? <laughs> I'm Valkyrie. Um, here, let me actually get a tally going. One second. Multiplayer game uh, Among Us won, which I don't know if either of us picked that. So I picked Among Us, and then you picked Fall Guys. Ooh, Fall Guys, I thought. Turns out no. Best sports mm-hmm. slash racing game. I know that we both got this one. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 we plus 2. We both did get that one, yeah. We both got best sim and, and strategy then, is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yep. Family I didn't see Family Game, actually. What one Family Game? Best Family Game was something that actually was on the stream before you jumped on. It was Animal Crossing New Horizons. Okay. Yeah, it's not terribly surprising. Did we both get that? Um, after that? Yeah, we both got that one, yeah. yeah. Um, we had a difference in fighting, though. I predicted One Punch Man because <laughs> right. I asked Siri, I think. Uh, yeah, best fighting <laughs> game went to Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat 11 Ultimate. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. What was boom, the best boom. RPG, Chad? Best RPG was uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake won that one. Boom. That's for uh, I you, predicted right? Final Fantasy VII Remake, and you uh, threw the dice on Genshin Impact. But best hey, there's action a lot of adventure game, game went to Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> Brent was so upset. He was. <laughs> I just don't it's get not your an argument, adventure Brent. Game. 
Brent just doesn't want it to win because he best. knows it's good. And then he's like, other things need to get recognized too. I was like, yeah, but they don't need to get recognized as the best thing <laughs> because it wasn't the best thing. <laughs> we both predicted Hades for best action game. Did Hades, Hades win won. best action game? Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Accessibility, I think we both guessed correctly with Last of Us Part 2 as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, Last of Us Part 2, we both guessed. We both we also got both VR guessed AR. Half-Life Alex. Yep. Best Community Which Support. Was that? I think we both lost this one because it went to Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Yeah, I predicted Fortnite. You predicted Destiny 2. Yep. Best Mobile Game went to Among Us. So I predicted Among Us. You predicted Genshin Impact. Did Genshin Impact get anything? I don't think it did. Oh, no, I don't think it did either. Best indie game went to Hades. No surprise there at all. We no. both got that point. That's for sure. Best ongoing um, game went to No Man's Sky. That was a win for you. Yeah, which I am. I'm so glad because I think that team really deserves that award. They've worked really hard to maintain that support. Um, let me update one second. So then the next one we had was Games for Impact. Games for Impact. Uh, I won I said, this Kentucky one. Tell me why. Zero TV edition. And you said, tell me why. Yeah. So, boom. We didn't get best performance. No. Though. I was really surprised by this. I mean, I'm, I'm still very, very happy that Laura Bailey won as Abby, but I was, I was surprised Ashley Johnson didn't take it. Yeah. And I'm also surprised the internet didn't explode with anger and vitriol towards <laughs> her when she won. Yeah, I guess, you know, maybe I just don't follow those types of people, but I didn't see any negative press about it or negative uh, stuff about it. Yeah, I didn't see anything either. Best audio design Best audio. rightly went to Last of Us Part Two. Mm-hmm. We both got that one because it was pretty obvious that glass was the shit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just breaking a pane of glass in that game was just like, oh my god, it sounds amazing. Best score in music <laughs> went to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, we got that one. Yeah. And then best art direction went to Ghost of Tsushima. I was surprised at that one. Yeah, I predicted Ori and the Will of the Wisp, and you predicted Hades, so... Neither of us got that one. Best narrative, Last of Us Part Two. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, best game, game direction. direction went to Last of Us Part Two as well. Did we both get that one? Yeah, we. Uh, the last. Sorry, yeah. I'm looking at this so I know that the last three we predicted Last of Us Part Two for game of the year, game direction, and narrative. <laughs> Thank God, yeah, Game of the Year so, yeah. obviously went to Last of Us Part 2. Thank America Ferreira's left bracelet, because if that <laughs> game did not win and Hades won, I would have quit video games for life. <laughs> it's funny, like, how Brent feels about Last of Us winning, I think is exactly how we both would have felt if Hades had won. <laughs> yes. We had never played it, but would have been like, fuck you, Hades, yep. how could you have won that? Yep. <laughs> Uh, I do want to play Hades at some point because I hear it's really good. We both did really well, actually, because you can't get 100%. That'd right. be, like, impossible. If you get 100%, it's rigged. But out of, tw if, out of the 23 we predicted on, I got 16. You got 15 correct predictions. We both did really what? well. What? Hell yeah. Yeah. We got zero on our other predictions, though. <laughs> <laughs> let's, take the, let's take our wins. Let's take our wins where we get them. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, so we also predicted um, games that were going to be announced. How could um, we have? I just made a how chart. How could we pre predict that ten games that have not <laughs> been seen in a while, and not a single one of them was shown with all of those trailers? Because there yeah, was a ton of shit there. 
And these are things that I feel like were, quite frankly, safe bets. Yeah. I don't think any of these were crazy. So just to list off the ones we predicted, it doesn't even matter who predicted what. I'm just going to list the 10 games at this point because none of them were correct. <laughs> Metroid Prime 4, Elden Ring, for Horizon Forbidden West, Breath of the Wild 2, Senua's Saga Hellblade 2, Kojima's next project, wherever that was going to be, Rainbow Six um, Quarantine with a new name, which I still think you're right about that. I definitely think it's going to be a new name for that game. Ghostwire Tokyo, um, Hollow Knight Silk Song, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. None of those would have been crazy things to see. Nope. None of them. Not, not one. Even in a None sizzle of them reel. happened. Yeah, not even in a sizzle reel. It's crazy. They talked about Returnal. They talked about Returnal <laughs> before they talked about Ratchet Although and Returnal looks dope as fuck, though. It really does, yeah. But let's get to what was actually an- announced. There was a lot. Mm-hmm. Starting before, I, I before we get to the announcements, I just want to say as a whole, yeah. I I really enjoyed the event because it felt like you know, an E3 annou- or a conference or something like that. And we saw all of these mm-hmm. amazing new trailers yeah. and surprises and things like that. As an award ceremony, though, I think it struggles with the same thing that the Oscars and the Emmys do. Where like, there are so many worthwhile awards that get given either in a like... Uh, let's give out five awards in ten seconds right now. Cool. Let's talk about the next cool game coming out next year. So like they got overshadowed. <laughs> uh, like yeah. the the music, like things that were up for best score and things like that, weren't even um, like they played a lot of music throughout this thing, but none of them were the nominees for things that were best music. Like I think it needs some work as an award show, but as a show that showed a lot of cool shit, it it was an excellent event. Yeah, there was a lot of really great stuff there. Um, there's so much stuff. We're not going to talk about all of the things that were announced. I, I, I have a pretty big list here still, though, of things that I think are worth mentioning. Yeah. Starting off with Sephiroth in Smash Bros, which we're both not Smash Bros people, but we both can recognize this was a really big announcement. Yeah, and that was a huge surprise. I would have never guessed. Yeah. I figured it took an arm and a leg to get Cloud back in this one, let alone another <laughs> Final Fantasy character in it. It's amazing. I was just surprised it wasn't Trevor from GTA 5 because that seems so likely. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably one of the biggest surprises was the cinematic trailer for Perfect Dark. Yes. Coming back. We is it a sequel remake? I don't know, but it's coming is. back. We finally know what the yeah. initiative is uh, is working on, and it's Perfect Dark. This quadruple-A Microsoft so. exclusive studio. Um, <laughs> from what I was Very reading... Cool. There was, this is set like the entire Earth is like completely destroyed due to climate change or something like that. So I assume this is in the future. If not a sequel, then like a complete reboot in a different time mm-hmm. period. Um, but yeah, they just labeled good. it Perfect Dark. No subtitles, no anything. So it could be one of those like soft reboots as well, where like it's not really a reboot, but it's not really a sequel. It's like that kind of quasi thing. It could be that too, but we don't really know. We just know now officially that's what they're working on. So that's cool. And I think Microsoft needed a big thing like this to look forward to on Series X. Or unless it's coming to Xbox One as well. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't get any kind of indication of of release date. So it yeah. could be outside of that couple of years where things are going to be cross-gen. I have a feeling it's going to land there. That's that's kind of what my, my gut is telling me. Yeah. Because you got so little information. We'll see. To, to put it this way, Cyberpunk 2077 had a similar-ish cinematic trailer back in 2013. <laughs> so who <laughs> yes. knows? This could be seven years away. <laughs> it is a quadruple-A game after all. Um, another big surprise was uh, Back for Blood. Yep. 
the same guys who made Left 4 Dead, but uh, obviously mm-hmm. without the license for Left 4 Dead because that still sits with Valve. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like a, very much a spiritual successor that looks like a ton of fun. Yeah. The Callisto Protocol, which I had to do a double take when I saw this headline. First of all, that game looks really cool. It seems like it's very much like a Dead Space kind of horror game. Right, it's from the creator of Dead Space. Yeah. But it's set in the PUBG universe. Yeah. Yeah. What? It's so weird. But yeah, <laughs> was... the, the game studio was formed under PUBG Corp to make more games in the PUBG universe. However, we know that this takes place sometime in the year, in the century 2300, whereas PUBG is more current day. <laughs> and um, I have no idea how they connect. But this is like saying yeah gta 5 cyberpunk 2077 same cinematic universe just like decades apart from each other and maybe they loosely connect like cloverfield and like all of those movies but oh yeah either way better comparison it looked really good and then after i found out it was from the dead space guys i was like oh my god sign me up that was the maybe one of my favorite things next gen game yeah i agree definitely one of my favorite things of the night very much looking forward to it it's next gen so i can't i think hard one of the big things with next gen games is going to be lighting and ray tracing and that kind of stuff and i think you do a lot of great things with lighting and horror so i'm, I'm very curious to see what this is going to look like it's gonna be great mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you were excited about the next one open roads i was so excited that i don't even remember what it is now <laughs> the um the guys who made uh gone home it's their next game it was the, the girl and the mom in the car driving down the road <gasps> yes fulbright Yes, I'm. Yep. I'm excited solely based on the art style, which looks really cool, um, and the fact that it, with their tenure with um, Gone Home, and what was mm-hmm. the other one where you're on the space station? What was the name of that one? It had a really cool AI twist Tacoma. to it as well. Tacoma. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very into that. Dragon Age Four had a trailer shown off. I think it was a cinematic trailer, though. Pretty certain is cinematic. Yeah, I tend to I tend to tune Dragon Age stuff out, so uh, I'm sure it was dope. Yeah, but I think I blacked out. It's one of those <laughs> franchises that I want to give a chance, but no, I probably never will, for a reason we will talk about later on. Crimson Desert is Ooh, the next one. What a freaking ride this trailer was! First of all, it was forever long. Yeah. <laughs> It was so long. But it just kept uh, evolving yeah, and showing more and more. And at first it started out like, oh, this kind of looks like an Assassin's Creed type game. And then it's like, but also these beautiful vistas. Uh, it started with the vistas. That's what it was. And then it's yeah. like, oh, oh, there's a dragon in it. Oh, there's also dope magic. Oh, there's also your Shadow Colossus type stuff. And, and it just kept expanding to be all the coolest shit you've ever seen in video games all somehow shoved into one enormous cinematic trailer and i have no idea how it's actually going to play or what it is but i want it right in my veins i want to be a heroin addict and i want this in a syringe (laughs) apparently it's coming out next year which i don't know if that's going to happen or not because the trailer looked even a little framey itself and looked like it had a lot to work on but whenever it comes out i'm looking forward to that because it does look really just it looks like a very large robust experience which is cool season for PS5 which I guess is an indie game it's releasing exclusively on PS5 one of those walking games but this is not first person yeah I remember it's a third person walking game I remember it being it looks beautiful um, I don't remember who made it I don't think it's that game company who made Flower and Journey 
But I, I remember watching this trailer and being like, man, I'm going to play that the same way that I played Flower, where it's just like, I just need to zen out for a minute and just like go through some beautiful landscapes and shit. And like, that's exactly what this is going to be for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arc 2 featuring Vin Diesel's belly button. <laughs> Vin Diesel's ugly ass belly button, as Matt called out while we were watching it. What a surprise. First of all, what a surprise <laughs> that that Vin Diesel was featured some, in something so heavily that wasn't Fast and Furious related. But for us to then watch yeah. that, again, really long trailer, and then for it to be ARC, like, uh, that, I think it's free to play. Is it free? I don't know. I don't understand most. It's I don't, That's in that League of Legends type so. area of gaming that I just like, a lot of people play that, but I don't understand it or know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and it's big. It's a big game. It's huge, yeah. Lots of people play it. Brent's mom plays yeah, it, I think. Uh, I, <laughs> that, I think that's my only so touch point. Going, like, <laughs> I watched the truck going, wow, this looks really interesting. I'm really interested in this. And then just like you, I'm like, oh, it's in that sphere of gaming <laughs> yeah. that I don't know about. I don't care anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, The next one, which we already kind of talked about, was Returnal, which is coming March 19th, 2021. And that's that going to be was exclusive sick. for two years, the contract says. It's going to be PlayStation exclusive for yeah. two years. It's a good get because that game looks good. Dope. It looks really good, yeah. Speaking of really good, Among Us's new map, the airship, looks like the same kind of fun you're used to having already, but in a new location. On an airship. And I can't wait. It's yep. going to be awesome. Speaking of which, do you want to make that our game night this week? What's getting an update this week? getting an update this week, right? I don't know. Let's oh, talk next about week later. is Call of Duty. Call of Duty. COD Warzone? Yeah, isn't the Warzone coming out next week? Oh, yeah. That's right. The new, the new Warzone map. Okay, fuck it. We're playing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Master Chief Cross Fortnite is happening. Really just means Master Chief is a character you can play as in Fortnite. Yeah, you can get a Master Chief skin. There's an adorable little warthog. We can now have Kratos and Master Chief fighting side by side, or we know the answer to who would win if they both shot guns at each other. Um, dope. What, what a <laughs> game. That Fortnite is basically becoming the pop culture Smash Bros. Which is like, yeah, Fucking everything's yeah. in it. If you're cool, you're in this game. That's dope. Including you're run Travis out of Scott. culture at some point because they're adding all the stuff so fast. It feels like <laughs> yeah. there's always new things coming. And the next announcement was the last one. Ugh, what and a that good trailer. was Mass Effect teaser. Definitely a teaser. That was a heavy teaser. Mm-hmm. But here's the cool thing: Michael Gamble, who is the kind of new head of the Mass Effect franchise now that uh K- what's his name Casey Hudson oh, I can't remember his last name Hudson yeah Casey Hudson now that he's left Michael Gamble's taking over the reins of that franchise and he kind of responded to some people on Twitter and confirmed a few things that were interesting I saw this trailer first and it said Mass Effect will continue I'm like yeah but in what form we're we talking like a mobile game like what's happening here but based on the <laughs> things he was saying I'm like oh no this is for real this is happening um, there are Reapers in the trailer. So someone pointed out there was a Reaper, and he confirmed it was a Reaper. Um, there are alludes to Mass Effect Andromeda, even. There was some, I guess the phrase Godspeed was heard or something like that in the trailer, and he said that was um, that was done intentionally. And then someone also pointed out there were two galaxies being shown in the trailer, and my, uh, Michael Gamble said, yes, that was, quote, for a reason, smiley face. So that is really cool. I'm actually surprised that they're 
seem to be just embracing Andromeda despite everything. Yeah. It actually kind of makes me want to go back and play Andromeda right? now. That thing's been patched out. Um, but yeah, I, that was really exciting. It's going to be a long time before we see that game, but it's just, it's nice knowing it's it's coming. Yeah. Dallas says he's still so hard from that trailer, and I agree. I've watched that trailer like seven times now, and I get goosebumps every freaking time. Seeing, um, uh, <laughs> fuck it, what's her name? Shadow Broker, Liara. Seeing Liara at the Liara? end of it. Uh, and like dusting off the N7 armor from, oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. I can't freaking wait. It makes me, I was like, the Mass Effect trilogy that's coming out soon. I was like, you know what? I played those games. I platinumed number two. I played through them. I had my shepherd and my... And it was like, if Holden wants to play him for barf, yeah, sure, I'll play through him for barf. But now I'm like, let's play all of them right now before the next one comes out because I have to know. <laughs> so glad, so glad you said that. Okay, so here's my pitch. Here's my pitch for this, okay? Okay. With Bioshock, we kind of did like once a year, we would play a Bioshock game. Mm-hmm. I propose... Next year we do Mass Effect 1, 2022 we do Mass Effect 2, 2023 we do Mass Effect 3, and it's going to be a few years before the next game comes out, so we'll be like leading up to the next game. I don't know if I can if wait that change, long between it... things, especially knowing oh. that like my story continues, like, because, you know, Bioshock 1, 2, and 3, it's like their own contained things, even though Bioshock Infinite just takes all of that and says, ha ha, fuck that, it's amazing, um, but these are like... <laughs> my shepherd and my choices and it's like the cliffhanger at the end of a season finale of a show and it's like i don't want to wait till next year for the next step, next season to start i don't know that's just made it exciting to, i don't want to binge all three at once for sure because i think i put like 60 hours in a mass effect 2 but mm-hmm. i think i think we should it would space be two month games for sure yeah yeah so i mean maybe not maybe like every six months or something like that because i feel you I, I get what you're saying there because they're yeah. really good games. And also, I haven't played the third one, so I'm going to have this kind of You're pull to be like, idiot. all right, cool, I want to get to the one I haven't played yet now. <laughs> Ow. Then the question- How can you love that franchise so much and not have played the finale <laughs> to it? Oh, my gosh. It's it's complicated, but it basically involves me not being allowed to take my Xbox 360 to Texas when I moved to Texas. Oh, because Texas doesn't allow Microsoft. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that that's the main reason I never played it. So I'm really, really pumped for Legendary Edition so I can finally, finally play that game. I bought all three games on my Xbox when I first got my Xbox, and then I was kind of like, no, hold off, because there's going to be some sort of trilogy collection, and, and I'll be really disappointed if I play them all before that comes out. So I'm glad. But here, here's the question is, do we incorporate Mass Effect Andromeda yes. into that? I, I Now I want to play Andromeda. Perfect. Should we play it first to get it out of the way, or should we do the other, the other ones like first and then get to Andromeda? It doesn't after? have do it any, in the order in which they were released. It doesn't have anything to do with the save files or story wise or anything like that. Like, this new game will link them together. It doesn't matter that we Assuming, play them fourth yeah. or first, right? I don't know. Let's think. No, on there's it. no link as far as I as far as I'm concerned. Other than it being Mass Effect, of course. Right. So yeah. Um. All in all. It was a good game awards. I will say I went into it too high expectations. I was kind of going into this with like, oh my gosh, this is the first next gen like game awards. What are we going to see? Now developers can talk. And I, I think I kind of overhyped myself on that. But it was still there were still a lot of really great announcements. It was a fun night for sure. I kind of went into it stuff. the opposite. I was thinking like, 
well, this is the first Game Awards with COVID. I shouldn't have been thinking that way because opening night live <laughs> was was pretty good, and we've had lots of good digital events recently. But I was thinking, like, oh, mm-hmm. well, we'll see how he can duct tape this together with COVID stuff going on. So, but no, it turned out to be great. <laughs> and everyone, um, a... it was really weird. Was I can never remember her name from IGN, the girl with the boobs. So you can't stop staring at the boobs because that's all she shows is her boobs. <laughs> um, it was only her. I'm glad you're at least not making fun of her ears now. <laughs> Honestly, don't even remember what I said about her ears the very first time we were. It was two years ago, or last year's Game Awards. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, uh, Sydney Goodman, I think is her name. Sure. Um, <laughs> it was her <laughs> and Jeff Keighley all the time in whatever that studio was, and no one else except for randomly Nolan North for 10 seconds. I was like, why the hell yeah. was everyone else video calling in, but Nolan North was there? Very strange. So that, that's a perfect segue into the next part of this I wanted to discuss is I saw this op-ed, and we usually don't talk about other people's op-eds in uh, in Responding Fire, but I, I thought this actually brought up a really good point, something that's worth discussing. There's kind of, I think, you know, uh, a fair point on all sides of this. The game, so the, this is from Murdad Kayat from DualShockers. He says, the awards having celebrity presenters hurts the video game industry in the long run. Just to break down his whole article into one sentence, he's basically saying that by having celebrities from different industries, it's taking away potential voices for people within our own industry from being up there instead. He's just referencing like Christopher Nolan being there. Um, who's the um, protagonist? Um, Washington's his last name, but what's his first name? I can't remember. Uh, John David. Okay, um, and then there was uh, Gal Gadot, um, Brie Larson, and Tom Holland were, were kind of there. I understand Brie Larson and Tom Holland, because obviously Tom Holland's going to be Nathan Drake. That makes sense. And then Brie Larson's kind of been big with Animal Crossing and kind of being public about that, so I kind of get her. But the other three, I was kind of like, it's not that I'm upset that they're there, but I was kind of like, why? Because yeah. they weren't even really marketing their stuff. There was a brief mention of Tenet, but nothing like amazing. And it was it was kind of like, why are they there? So I thought that Murdad made a good point. What do you think? Uh, I think it is very, very much like the discussion that was um, brought up after Cyberpunk got revealed that Keanu Reeves was in it. And there was, mm-hmm. I think, something on Kotaku or something like that. It was like, should we be taking video game actors and performer roles away from them and replacing them with Hollywood ones. Like, is that taking away from our industry and what we can do and the talent that we have available to us? And I think where I settled is that, like, it's not good either way you do it. Because, yes, we have a lot of really talented people that could probably do better jobs at it than the celebrities could. But also, we live in a society where people only care about things if celebrities are involved with them. Or if, if celebrities have them. If yeah. you think about COVID, <laughs> a lot of people didn't give a fuck about COVID. And then they say, oh, Tom Hanks has COVID? Oh, my God. I need to follow this. I, this is real now. Or, oh, my God, whatever mm-hmm. politician or whatever person that I follow on Instagram has COVID, suddenly now it's real to me. And, and I'm invested in mm-hmm. it. Um, and the same thing goes with all of these things. And so it's a way to bring in an audience that might not necessarily be associated with gaming. And it's a way to expose them to it. So I get kind of like pimping that out on Twitter like he was, uh, saying all of these people are going to be here. Who knows what they're going to show? Um, and, and, and I don't I don't have an answer for it because I think it's necessary to expand it and bring a little mm-hmm. bit of credibility to it. But then also, they're right. Like There are people doing amazing work that we could feature instead, but then that wouldn't grow our medium the way that we mm-hmm. want to kind of expand with. I don't know. Yeah. 
I 100% agree with the Keanu Reeves part. I think it's a really good point. Like, I'm enjoying Keanu Reeves in this game, but other people could have, within the game industry, could have done that role. Someone who's not Troy Baker or Nolan North, like someone <laughs> right. maybe we haven't heard of before. And, and yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. But then again, having Keanu Reeves is going to make people go, ooh, I don't really play video games a lot, but I like Keanu Reeves a lot. Maybe I do want to play that Cyberpunk game. I think that works. I think that's a great point. This, however, is a, an award show. It's about celebrating our industry mm, yeah i don't like i don't know if necessarily someone would be like i didn't play video games before but christopher nolan announced the game of the year award at the game awards and now i watched that and now i want to play last was part two i don't know if there's that direct of a link whereas there is i think that link with keanu and, and cyberpunk so yeah you, i totally see how like it 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 broadens the industry in this context of award shows i think it's kind of something a little more sacred like you don't bring on um, Yo-Yo Ma to announce best director at the Oscars. Yeah, exactly. You you don't exactly you don't bring on. Oh, Neil Druckmann watches movies, so he's going to go present the Emmy for for best TV show, whatever. It's like no, that's not. The same. Yeah. Although he might be presenting an Emmy after Last of Us comes out, but yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. It is weird for an award show. Yeah. But I think I think one thing that was clear is that we're going to start seeing that blending happening as video games becomes a much more popular entertainment medium, especially entertainment medium for storytelling. I think we're going to see a lot more blending. I wouldn't be surprised if there are points where a movie director decides he wants to make a game because there's things you can only do in a game. And I, I think we're going to see that kind of bleeding and that stuff is really positive and for you the know, industry. It's but depending on how that goes, like a film directing and game directing are obviously different beasts completely and and performance capture is becoming such an like an expressive medium and a complete like a legitimate form of acting that it is it it already is blending the lines between what it and tv and movie like what's the difference between andy circus playing Gollum and uh troy baker playing whatever troy baker plays in every single game ever uh yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. very much kind of the same and blending those lines and you even see in the last like five or six years the big like transition from tv like tv used to be the thing like oh no i'm a serious actor i don't do tv yeah and now it's like oh no that's where all the good shit is it's on hbo it's on netflix it's on amazon hulu that's where all the best stuff is happening so you see all of these high profile actors now suddenly doing a lot more television and i think as we Mm -hmm. start to recognize gaming as having a lot more high profile and and really great storytelling um and performance capture being something that Hollywood actors feel comfortable doing because the sound stages are getting more dynamic and detailed and you're in the same room with people still. I think it goes, it's going to go a long way in kind of bridging that gap. And I think we're not going to have mm-hmm. like right now, you don't look at Nicole Kidman and say, Oh, she's a movie actor. You say she's an actress. She's in movies. She's yeah. in TV. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one day you're not going to look at someone on the level of Nolan North. I think Nolan North might be aged out of it by then, but you're going to look at someone on their level and you're not going to say, oh, that's a video game actor. They're like, no, that's mm-hmm. an actor. They do movies, they do video games, they do. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to be having this discussion because I don't think we're going to have a, a delineation between celebrity and video game person. I think we're going to have, mm-hmm. they're just all actors. They're just all directors. They're all... That's a good point too, yeah. And that'll be an evolution over time, but yeah, I think you're right. Like, oh, we need someone for this role like there i think there's actually something like a, a unique challenge for an actor coming into a video game versus a tv show in the tv show you have this is the way it's written this is the way it's happening where the video game it could be hey give us five different versions of how this this character could respond to this situation and that might be a challenge that 
Meryl Streep wants to do. Yeah. Like she wants to stretch those acting chops in a different way than she could in film. Like there's a lot of potential there. And actually that kind of ties into one of our fetch quest stories, which just to segue into that, because I think this is actually a good segue. This is not the first topic we were going to discuss here, but I think it works. Take two CEO says games are 10 years from photorealism. And kind of in that, he also said that there are going to be huge changes in the next, like, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years in, in gaming and this, our kind of discussion about actors, I think kind of ties into that. Yeah. Is before we move on to that, though, anything else you want to say about game awards and merging? Nope. Okay. So Take-Two CEO says games are 10 years from photorealism, which means basically by the end of the decade, we'll apparently be at photorealism. I think it's going to be sooner. Can I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Here's Here's like... <laughs> The thing that kind of, because I've been thinking about this, and I, I think I've been someone who's been like, ooh, photorealistic games. That's a cool thing to strive for. But then I was kind of like, when I saw this as a headline, for some reason, something clicked in my head, which is, okay, a still image might look photorealistic, but there's still the art and craft of animations working properly. Like, like for example, Last of Us Part Two had really incredible facial animations. But that wasn't just because... PS4 can handle that number of calculations. It's because an artist knew how to make it look really good. So, like, a still image might look photorealistic, but I don't know if there's how much uncanniness is going to be there. I don't know. I'm very curious to to see that. Yeah, I think photorealism is is not a complete goal because you're like you mentioned, yeah. if you have photorealistic textures and things like that, you're still going to have mm-hmm. weird AI that. Oh, let me lead you to this thing walking into the side of a rock as I talk to you with my head turned weird. Like, you're still going to have weird AI. You're going to have uh, the agency of mm-hmm. the player and how they choose to control it. It's, so I don't think photorealism means I'm not going to be able to tell the difference between this and real life in all mm-hmm. circumstances. But yeah, if you take a cool screenshot, people are going to be like, oh my God, what movie is that from? I'm like, No, it's from mm-hmm. The Last of Us Part 3. Yeah. In some things, it's in some games, it's kind of already happening. Like, um, where was it? Some some news outlet published a screenshot from Red Dead Redemption 2 as a real landscape shot. I can't remember like the exact details of the story, but like we're kind of getting there in some aspects. Like, God, I mean, in like Demon Souls, you look at some of the rocks in that game and you're like, that rock looks 100% real. It just <laughs> looks real. I like that boulder. It's a that's good a nice looking boulder. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah that's going to be uh, exciting to to see but then the other part of that too is what are the games that are kind of more cartoony right looking like what about like all right for example like i was watching the trailer for soul pixar's new movie mm-hmm. and i'm like this looks fucking incredibly good but it's not photorealistic but it still has like super realistic lighting super realistic textures and things like that but it's still obviously cartoony and I'm like, I, I really want to see like that kind of stuff in games. Yeah. It's exciting. It's cool stuff. I just like thinking about that kind of future future stuff. Speaking of the future, uh, we will be playing Prince of Persia Sands of Time farther in the future than we originally had <laughs> thought. It was going to release in January. Now it's coming out March 18th, 2021. Delays are good, everyone. Yep. Delays are good. That is one thing I wanted to mention with Cyberpunk. I forgot to say. If people weren't so shitty about delays, maybe we wouldn't have gotten a rush cyberpunk. People get really shitty about games getting delayed. What do you want, guys? Do you want a good game? Or do you want a, a game right now? You know, though, And I feel like 
I feel like people were making fun of Cyberpunk for being delayed a lot more than people... Again, this could just be the audience that I follow on Twitter, and it's an echo chamber, but people were more like, oh, God, here we go, another Cyberpunk delay, more so than being like, I can't fucking mm-hmm. believe it's delayed again. I was supposed to be playing this game right now. Like, I even know, like, Jerrica, for instance, she's like, I took a whole week off of work when I heard the release date, and then they moved it. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's okay. I mean, the game's delayed, but I can still play PlayStation, and so... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if people were as shitty more as in just like, we get it. It's a joke. We've delayed it 17 times. <laughs> What's also coming out in spring is Xbox Game Pass on iOS. We kind of already knew it was going to be a web version of it, and that's still the same situation, but now we kind of know a time frame for that, so that's exciting. But what you can get right now is Spider-Man Miles Morales' ray tracing with 60 frames per second, yeah. which I think is a great blend of both worlds you no longer have to choose um, they're just sacrificing a few like like they said the the reflections won't be quite as detailed um that you see in like windows and puddles and things like that but they'll still have ray tracing elements mm-hmm. of it so that's cool that they offer that like yeah. best of both worlds miley cyrus hannah montana version of it <laughs> and that's miles morales as well as spider-man remastered yeah yeah and that's game you can get right now and then a game in the past control two million people bought that game that sounds like not That's enough. That's great. Good for them. That's not like that game it's, deserves so much more. If you're one of those idiots <laughs> sitting at home, <laughs> drinking nothing but Mountain Dew, eating Doritos, and laughing at South Park, that has been me a lot, by the way. But if you're one of those idiots <laughs> who has done all of that, but you have not bought and played Control, which I'm honestly i'm i think is like 90 percent of our audience you need to look yourself in the face and you need to say i need to be better i need to put down this trashy buggy cyberpunk and i need to put up this buggy control (laughs) and play that instead (laughs) is that geared towards me because i bought it but i have not no that is finished control uh matt has he's like oh yeah what do you think about this i feel like i feel like every other week somebody asks me uh, did you play Control? And it's like, yes, it was Game of the Year last year. Play it. And I feel like that's every single person in my life. I'm like, yeah, I've been wanting to play it, but I didn't. Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. <laughs> well, Chad, do you know what smart, not idiotic people do? What do they do? Game on Game Show. Game on Take game us to show. it, Chad. The Game on a Gaming Show. We play a game called Game on the Gaming Show on a Game Show. Game, 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 game. Holden, we have a brand new game this time. Something you've Ooh. never played before. It is called Christ Reborn. <laughs> Christ Reborn, the video game Easter egg game. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, I sorry, I have to take it for a second. Another great mission in Cyberpunk has uh-huh. to deal with the passion of the Christ, and it's fucking hysterical great. and f- really weird. And anyway, I just had to say I that. hope Go they ahead. gave Meg, Mel Gibson's role to an actual video game person instead of Mel Gibson. <laughs> and they they gave it to someone. I'll say that it's an interesting character. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, this is a game about Easter eggs and recognizing Easter eggs in games. Um, hence, Christ Reborn Easter. Um, so I have here five games. And Easter eggs in gaming usually can be anything from like just a wink and a nod to something cool or just like a secret or uh, maybe even a reference to another property or something like that. So these are five Easter eggs that I found. Um, it, and, I, and I'm going to read them to you. What I'm going to read what they are to you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking about how I want to describe this as I'm talking and it's weird. 
<laughs> I'm going to read the, the name of the game and I'm going to read the Easter egg. And I want you to tell me just like, is that a real one or is that something I made up? And I'm not going to tell you right. how many of each there are. And I'm not going to tell you if you're right or not until we get to the very end. And I'll tell you which ones are right and which ones are wrong. Can I actually, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm too many tangents. Yes. Cyberpunk is still in my head, but can I tell you two awesome Easter eggs that were in Cyberpunk that aren't spoilers for anything? You can tell me one now, and you can tell me one right before we begin the game. <laughs> so I can say both right now. Yes. So <laughs> you're in a bar, okay. and Kojima is there. Hideo Kojima is hanging out in the bar. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that that's really old. cool. And I do this, yeah, and then I do this other mission where you're going into this like facility, there's this big machine, this big contraption, and what's in the center of the contraption? But one of the babies from Death Stranding and it's like tube thing like spinning around. <laughs> and it like fit perfectly in the aesthetic of Cyberpunk. It was actually kind of cool. That's anyway. kind of cool. Yeah. All right. good Easter egg. So here we go. I'm going to go through these five. I'll describe them, maybe what they are, maybe how to get them. Um, and then you tell me whether it's real or something I made up. Starting with, actually, you know what? We're going to go from bottom to top. Here we go. X-Men Origins Wolverine is the game. <laughs> in one of the levels in this game, if you take a hidden path in one of the game's jungle levels, you'll eventually come across a mysterious hatch from the TV show Lost. Nothing happens. There's no interaction with it, but it exists. Jeez. Ah. Uh... These are tough because, like, I can totally... An Easter egg can be anything. It can be anything. It can be anything. I'm going to say yes. You that's say that's thing. real? Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Again, I won't tell you Since until after be- we get through all five. Yeah. The next game is Sonic CD. If you use an input code <laughs> to access a sound test screen from the main menu, you can play three sounds together at once, and a secret screen will pop up. The dark screen features Sonic wearing a creepy human mask while spooky music and laughter plays underneath. And there's text on the screen referencing a magical Japanese demon. That's so specific. I feel like <laughs> I have to say yes. <laughs> you think that one's real? Okay. I, I would say, I'm going to say no um, because I already said yes to one. I can't say yes to all of these. Okay. I got to draw the line somewhere. I don't, I don't know why, but this is the line, even though it feels like – I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Chad. This is impossible. <laughs> Game number three. Wait, so, sorry. Uh, so you said yes to X-Men Wolverines, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, no to Sonic CD, right? Yes. Okay. Number three, Earthbound. In Ness's hometown of Onet, you can access an infuriating Easter egg after what seems like an impossible task, killing 188 runaway cats. The assumed reason is that 19, sorry, 1889 is the year Nintendo was founded and that cats have nine lives. Hence the 188 cats, nine lives, 1889. Completing this simply displays the Nintendo logo with the iconic coin sound from the Super Mario Brothers. I'm going to say no on that one. That one is not a real Easter egg. Okay. Number four, Final Fantasy VIII. Poo Poo the alien can only be hunted down. Oh, sorry, I forgot. I, I added something in the beginning of this. There's an alien called Poo Poo the alien in Final Fantasy VIII. And it's part of a side quest, and you have to first hunt down and first investigate a stack of inconspicuous magazines a few times. After an arduous quest of and tracking this, uh, after an arduous quest and the tracking of a set of precise locations, you get to battle the little monster. You can either slay him or turn him into a playing card. Is Poo Poo the alien a real Easter egg or something I made up? 
I mean, I could totally see you coming up with an alien named Poo Poo the Alien. I can see that. But I can also see Final Fantasy or Square Enix doing something crazy enough like that. I've done two no's in a row. I'm really just basing this off of how many times I've said yes or no. Because <laughs> I have no way of really knowing any of these. So I've said two no's. I've said a yes. Even it out. Yes. So I have two yeses and two no's Yes now. for Final Fantasy. Okay. The yes. last one. Resident Evil 2. To see a strange and pointless picture of Rebecca Chambers in a basketball outfit, all you have to do is search Albert Wesker's desk 50 times in the star's office at the police station. Like, to walk up to the desk, hit the search button, hit it 50 times until you... Correct. Okay, so I've done four in total. Two have been yes, two have been no. And just for the sake of having more yeses than nos, I'm going to say yes. Yes, that one Because there's real. no way for me to really know these things in advance. I feel like I got all of them wrong, but that's fine. It's all about the fun Easter eggs. It is. So, Holden, what if I told you that all of those are real except for Earthbound? <laughs> Would you be surprised? Yeah, actually, the the Sonic one in particular <laughs> would kind of surprise me. <laughs> you should look up the image. You should Google Sonic CD, like this demon thing with a weird ass mask on it too. Ass mask. You know what? Maybe I'll Google the image, and that's how we'll end the podcast today. Sonic CD, weird Japanese mask. Yep, that was the the very first thing that came up. Perfect. I'm going to drop it, <laughs> Send it to right me. in here in OBS. It is, uh, yeah, it's super creepy looking. It kind of looks like the Happy Mask Man from Zelda a little bit. Oh, he's so creepy looking. And then, yeah, it references this Japanese magical demon. And again, this is, you go to, you go to, um... The you like put in a secret code that does this sound test thing, and then you play three specific sounds together, and it gives you this for some reason. It's crazy. I don't see it. I'm on a stream. I don't see it. Uh, yeah, drag and drop is not working for OBS right now, so everyone can just go just go Google Sonic CD weird Japanese mask. It's the first thing that pops up in Google Images. And in fact, you might even be able to search videos and actually hear the music. Yeah, you can. Perfect. Go check it out. It's great. And that is it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for episode 190 of Respawn Aim Fire. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to us. If you're watching live on twitch.tv slash affableidiots, you get a special thing. You get to touch yourself tonight <laughs> as a reward. If you're not listening live, you can touch yourself whenever you like as your reward as well because you're still listening to us. If you're one of those people that's not listening to us, fuck you, and you'll never hear that. We have a few things that we want you to do. One, go to patreon.com slash fire. Support us at $1. You will get to play with us this week as we play... Do we decide that it's going to be... It's Warzone, right? Because it comes on the 16th? Yeah, yes. we're doing Warzone. Yeah. We're doing Warzone um, with the new update and the new map. No, wait. Warzone is... I think it's that. I think that's the Warzone go. That one. That's it. Because Destiny 2 is... And then Fortnite is, who wants to fuck? <laughs> That's it, everyone. Uh, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. Until then, until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Who wants to fuck? <laughs>